Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. I'm so glad that you're here with me on this morning program. Let's take our Bibles and go over today to the book of Leviticus, chapter 14. Today we want to discuss the subject called the blood weapon. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word today, let your Holy Spirit sweep upon the minds of our understanding and give us the ability to receive our manna today, our heavenly food, in a way where we can extract the nutrients and thus be strengthened. So, Father, we thank you for good understanding of your word and application of it towards our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray, and around the world we say, Amen. Praise God. Leviticus 1, excuse me, Leviticus chapter 14, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper for the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought to the priest, and the priest shall go out of the camp, and the priest shall examine him. And indeed, if the leprosy is healed in the leper, then the priest shall command to take for him who is to be cleansed two living and clean birds, cedar wood, scarlet, and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it, the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop, and dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. Verse 7. And he shall sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed from the leprosy, and shall pronounce him clean, and shall let the living bird loose in the opened, uh, the open field. Now, Leviticus chapter 14, the entire chapter, is dealing about the subject of leprosy in the life of an individual. Also, if leprosy or a variant of it, the plague, broke out in someone's home, uh, what to do about that, how the, uh, the priest is to uh, carry out the proper procedures, because we're dealing with things that would be highly contagious, and it needs to be stopped immediately. Now, I want to talk today about the various forms of leprosy, and here in the Old Testament, we see many what we would call word pictures, or as Scripture identifies it as being typology. The New Testament re would refer to it as types. That is, again, like word pictures or shadows that when we look at these real-life events, we're also seeing something that's shadowed of something that is to come. And, of course, we know that when Jesus shows up and we see him in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, then what we're doing is we're seeing that he is the reality of these shadows, these beautiful word pictures that are laid out in every book of the Old Testament. Now, let's talk for a moment about leprosy. Leprosy, in many ways, represents the invisible things that would work against you in life. And many times, these can be curses that come into the life of a believer because they have done something either disobedient or they have done something unknowingly that violated a law 
or a commandment or an instruction of God, and thus it has given the enemy access into their lives. So leprosy would be anything that, uh, in a sense, because let's think about leprosy for a moment. The first thing it does is that it ostracizes you. You are placed now outside of the camp. So in your life today, in your walk with God, if there's something that's causing you to be a misfit where you're placed outside of the camp and you can't fit in because maybe we use the expression, it's not working for me, okay, then there's some form of leprosy that's operating in your life and it needs to be dealt with. So anything that would make you a uh, and a, uh, like a reproach among those that would know you, where they sense there's something off with you, or there's something wrong, or there's something not working in your life. Or we could also say that anything that would cause a big question mark to be put over your life as a Christian, where even unbelievers, sinners, could look at your life and they could think, you know, I kind of like this message or this thing called the gospel about this good news of this man named Jesus dying for my sins, but they look at your life as an ambassador or as a representation of the Lord's voice in the earth, and they think, well, I, I kind of like the message, but something about their life, I don't know if I want to become like that, because maybe there are these forms of leprosy, constant failure, defeat, unexplainable setbacks and invisible resistance towards your future progress to the point you might say, Lord, I think I'm on the right track, but unless I live to be the age of Methuselah, there's no way I'm going to fulfill what you've called me to do in my lifetime. Okay. So what's going on? There could be some leprosy that has snuck into the camp. There could be some leprosy it could be small, but it's something that needs to be removed out of your life. It's something that needs to be uh, dealt with. So anything that would make others despise or mock your salvation experience because there's something of an element of leprosy working in your life, anything that would bring that mockery, we could also classify that in the category of leprosy in our modern day. Whatever makes you a misfit amongst normal people is a form of leprosy. Don't act like it's not there if it's there. We have a lot of uh, a crazy teaching out there today. I'm not talking about in the church. I'm talking about out in the world that now calls wrong right. And uh, what's right, they call wrong. And what's straight, they call crooked. And this just keeps going on. So you can have issues today that are glaringly <laughs> obvious, but there are many people out in the world that would say, oh, that's okay. That's all right. We all have problems. We all have issues. We all have things, you know, that we trip up on and we deal with. But see, you're, you're a Christian and you're not supposed to have these forms of leprosy in your life. Praise God. So the good news, of course, is that we can be cleansed, washed pure and clean with the blood of Jesus. And I need to let you know up front that Jesus is the only one who can handle the problem of leprosy. Now, it could be that maybe there's somebody watching today and you even suffer with the physical uh, symptoms or the condition of leprosy. The internet 
reaches around the world. But I know for many, they're, they're dealing with areas of what would, uh, you know, 99.9% of the people, you're dealing with areas that we would call spiritual leprosy. Mm-mm. But either way, either way, there is a solution. Your leprosy or these areas in your life of failure or these areas of your, uh, in your life of inability where you can't, you can't bring forth proofs like you know that the word says that you potentially can. Okay, that, that's leprosy. Okay, your leprosy was put on Jesus when he went to the cross at Calvary. Your leprosy was purged completely by his blood. So what does that mean? It means today that every form of leprosy on earth can be overcome by the operation of the blood of Jesus. Stick with me today. I want you to meditate and, and think upon the things that I'm sharing today. Now here again in Leviticus chapter 14, and the whole chapter is about the subject of leprosy. We see in verse, in verse six, that the living bird is dipped in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water, and he shall sprinkle it how many times? Seven times on him who is to be cleansed from the leprosy. It's very important to know that just as in the Old Testament, if you had leprosy, you had to go to the priest, and the priest is going to deal with the issue of leprosy. And today, Jesus is our high priest. He's ready right now to deal with any area of leprosy in your life. Why, Pastor Stephen, what qualifies him? Because his blood was poured out, was shed seven different times. Again, it says here in verse 7, And he shall sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed from the leprosy. This morning, I would like for us to look briefly at the seven times Jesus shed his blood so that you can be free from any vestige or form or trace of leprosy in your life. Praise God. Let's go to the first one in the gospel of Luke chapter 22. Praise God. We're going over to Luke chapter 22, and we're going to drop down now to verse 42. Well, let's start in verse 41. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. That's number one. Jesus knew the agony of the cross. He knew what was going to take place with this transaction of he being a sinless man who had never sinned. Uh, and he's going to take our sin upon him. What does that mean? It means there's going to be a separation then between he and his heavenly father because of that sin. And he's thinking about all of this. And of course, yes, the agony, the pain, the physical pain and things like that. 
but also the effects of what the sin is going to have upon him. So these are things that he really dealt with and just prayed over to a point where he submitted himself to the will of God and was all in. And I tell you what, it, it took some real praying to get there. Now, let me say this also. Prayer and fasting release tremendous power. But there's something also that we need to understand that if you don't work with your foundation in your life, you can have a cracked foundation and you're fasting and praying for other things or making petitions or requests of God. But if there's something wrong with the foundation, we need to go back and make an adjustment on that. I know for many of you, you've been up and running with the Lord for many years. I know there's even ministers that watch me and uh, those that uh, enjoy these teachings. And so you're, it's not like in any way you're a beginner. You have a foundation and quite a bit has been built upon that. Your walk with God, your knowledge with God. But it is possible that even with your prayer and your fasting, that there is still some form of leprosy that is refused to let go that has refused to get out of your DNA, and it's taking the journey right along with you. What do we do in cases like that? We have to look back at the foundation, and we have to make sure that it's made right. Praise God. How do you, how do you make it right? With blood. You have the, that's the only way that you can deal with it. So you can close up these fissures, you can close up these cracks, and you can have the foundation rock solid and stable. Praise God. Mm -mm. So here we see Jesus sweating to the point. It begins to pour out of his pores as blood. Woo. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's number one. You're going to see that Jesus shed his blood, blood. He had his blood come out of him seven times so that you can be free from all forms of leprosy. Today, as you hear this, mes this message, frustration, stagnation, unexplainable delays, these things are going to depart out of your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And you're going to see the Son of God shine in your life in a way brighter than you've ever known before. Let's continue on. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood in the garden of Gethsemane for us through great, deep prayer. Praise God. Now, number two, let's go to Matthew chapter 20, 27. And of course, there's a lot going on in this chapter, a lot that is uh, unveiled of what he is going through. We want to go to Matthew chapter 27. And let's go to verse 26. Then he released Barabbas to them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. This is a severe loss of blood going on with the scourging. Now he has already sweated great drops of blood. Now at this place, he is being scourged by the Roman soldiers. They tore his back to shreds. One of the great messianic prophecies was that his back would be plowed just like a farmer 
uh, with the plow being pulled by a, a donkey, uh, plows the soil. Well, that's what they did to his back. They just ripped it open with that cat of nine tails, with those barbs, uh, metal barbs, and all of those things attached to that whip, and just uh, ripped his back, my friends, to pieces. He was a bloody, bloody mess. And he did all of that. Listen to me. He did all of that so that you can be free from any form of leprosy. Mm, 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 mm. The devil has to let go today. He has to let go today. Why? He's up against something that's stronger than he is. And that, my friends, is the blood of Jesus. It is the blood weapon. That's what we're talking about today. Well, Pastor Stephen, I have had this addiction for nine years. I love Jesus, but this thing has held me strong. It lets go today because it's not stronger than the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Woo! Wow. Praise God. Amen. Let's continue on. What a scourging. What agony. What pain. Mm -mm. Matthew chapter 27, same chapter. Let's drop down now the verse 28. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head. Okay? This is our third incidence of Jesus shedding blood. And when that crown was pushed and shoved with all of those spike thorns into his head, piercing even into his brain, blood was running all over his face. Praise God. It is, it is really, truly hard to convey the image of what he looked like. I know years back there was the movie, The Passion. But even in the production of that movie, they had to pull it back some because it's just too shocking and dramatic for most people to see what he actually looked like as these uh, events unfolded and his blood was continually being poured out. So that crown of thorns, if you're ever depressed, the leprosy of depression, the, the, the leprosy of you just can't get excited about life, that gets broken off of you today. Praise God. He shed his blood so that you can be free from every form of leprosy. These things that would humiliate you in public or cause you to be so frustrated in your private life with God, knowing that the enemy is pulling this stuff off over you, somehow in, uh, inflicting these failures into your life. It ends today through the mighty blood weapon of the blood of Christ. Praise God. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying, hail, King of the Jews. Wow. Praise God. My friends, the blood is pouring out of him. Uh, the scourging. Oh, the, the situation of all the blood coming out of his head. My goodness. Mm, 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 mm. Wow. Incredible. Let's move on to number four. He shed his blood seven times for you. Wow. 
Isaiah chapter 50, please. Isaiah chapter 50. And let's go, let's go to verse 6. I gave my back to those who struck me. Okay, so we already know that. He gave his back to them. His back was scourged. But you know those, those uh, that scourging, it covers the back, but it's going to wrap around. It's going to get the rib area and meat and flesh was being ripped off of him like crazy. I gave my back to those who struck me. And my cheeks, watch this, to those who plucked out the beard. They ripped his beard out in chunks. Blood, blood splattering everywhere. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. But again, my friends, number four was the ripping out of the beard completely. They just ripped it off of his face. Praise the Lord. I saw him once in that crucified state. I've, I've actually seen two visions of Jesus crucified. But one of them, particularly, I was able to see his face. And it really was marred beyond description, his whole body. My friends, the agony and pain that he went through for you and I, there, it, it's indescribable. Pastor, Pastor Stephen, why did he do this? So you could never have leprosy again. He shed his blood seven times so that you could never have leprosy, any form of it, hold you down and think that it can ever triumph over you. A blood-bought child of God. Mm -mm. Glory to God. They ripped his beard out, blood going everywhere. Can't you see he was soaked and covered with blood from head to toe? And we're not done yet. Praise God. Number five and number six are found in Psalm 22. The shedding of his blood, the fifth and sixth time, are found, of course, in the Gospels, but they are foretold 1,000 years before it ever happened in Psalm 22. Let's go there. You know, when we think about David, and by the way, this psalm, of course, is written by David. He wrote it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so often we think of David as the king of Israel, and that's correct. We think of him as the, the shepherd. That's correct. We think of him as the warrior, the man that killed Goliath. Yes, these are all beautiful aspects of the life of David. But don't forget also that Scripture identifies him and calls him a prophet. So here he is operating in tremendous prophetic insight, seeing Christ, seeing the Messiah upon the cross a thousand years before it ever happened. Psalm 22, verse 1, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Let that go into your spirit for a moment. That's why he was praying with such intensity in the garden. He knew that bearing the sins of humanity could only mean one thing for him, separation between he and his father, Jehovah God. And he, oh, he's like, God, is there any other way? And there, was, there wasn't. There was no other way. 
So he submitted to the will of the Father and went through with it. Wow. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. Oh, such a difficult time for the Lord. Verse 12, he's on the cross. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. That's a tremendous description of a person who's losing blood rapidly. I am poured out like water. And all my bones are out of joint. Medical doctors have discovered that by studying uh, records of crucifixions, and, and by the way, thousands of people were crucified by the Roman government, but nobody had it dished out and served to them in such agony and pain like Jesus did, because the wrath of hell was unleashed upon him. But my friends, we are told that when a man was crucified and he's hanging and his, his arms and wrists are secured, yes, he can push up because his feet are nailed. And so he can push up, but when he's not pushing up and you can only do that for a brief second, he collapses back down. And in that hanging, in that position, your joints uh, begin to pop out. So his shoulders popped out of joint. All, everything's popping out of joint. And the scientists, the medical doctors tell us that in the crucifixion process, your body lengthens six inches. Why? Everything is pulled out of joint. He said, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax it has melted within me, and my tongue clings to my jaws. The tongue clinging to the jaws is a sign of tremendous thirst that's based upon the loss of fluids, the loss of blood in your body. You have brought me to the dust of death. He's right there. He's just about to die. For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. Every demon on the face of the planet had gathered in Jerusalem. Any demons floating around North America, any demons uh, floating around China or Asia, any demons on the African continent, every demon, every principality, power, every wicked spirit came to Israel, came to Jerusalem to watch this event of the death of the one, the second Adam, that was supposed to redeem back what the first one lost. And all of this evil and wickedness was gathered there in Jerusalem to make sure that nothing went uh, uh, wrong with the plan of Satan to shut this man down and kill him before his mission could be accomplished. He didn't realize he was actually contributing to the fulfillment of God's secret plan. Mm -mm. for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands. That's number five, shedding of blood and my feet. That's the number six shedding of blood. I can count all my bones. 
they look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. David saw the whole thing in a vision before it ever happened there at Calvary. Praise the Lord Jesus forever. Praise God. The one-piece woven garment that Jesus wore was something that you would never find at Walmart. I'm not knocking Walmart. They have just about any basic need that you have. You can purchase it at Walmart, but you can't get high-end luxury items. And the garment that he was wearing, there was when the soldiers saw that, there was no way they're going to tear that up. Why? It was very, very expensive. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots, because they all wanted that. Pastor Stephen, I can't picture Jesus wearing a nice garment. Don't let it surprise you. Don't forget that one woman poured perfume on his head that was equivalent, the perfume alone was equivalent to one year's wages. It's like pouring $50,000 perfume on his head. Praise God. Don't let it make you feel uncomfortable that Jesus knew what nice things were. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to God. Now, let me go back just for a moment to verse 14. He said this while Jesus said this while he was on the cross. My heart is like wax. This is what he, uh, excuse me. I, I shouldn't say that he said this, but this was going through his mind because trust me, he knew Psalm 22. There were certain things that he had to say, like verse 1, and he did. But these other thoughts, all of this is going through him while he's hanging there, suspended between earth and heaven. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. Just for a moment, as we're talking today about the seven times that Jesus shed his blood for you so that you can be cleansed forever, permanently, from any vestige of leprosy in your life. I want to read to you for a moment what a medical doctor said in this commentary or in this subject of the heart melting like wax. Praise God. Now, a medical doctor said, the difficulty surrounding breathing out or exhalation leads to a slow form of suffocation. Carbon dioxide builds up in the blood, resulting in a high level of carbonic acid in the blood. The body responds instinctively, triggering the desire to breathe. At the same time, the heart beats faster to circulate available oxygen. The decreased oxygen, due to the difficulty in exhaling, causes damage to the tissues and the capillaries begin leaking watery fluid from the blood into the tissues. This results in a buildup of fluid around the heart and lungs. The collapsing lungs, failing heart, dehydration, and the inability to get sufficient oxygen to the tissues essentially suffocates the victim. The decreased oxygen also damages the heart. It's called my myocardial infarcation, which leads to cardiac arrest. 
In severe cases of cardiac stress, the heart can even burst, a process known as cardiac rupture. You ready for this? Jesus most likely died of a broken heart. Hmm. Jesus, thank you. Pastor Stephen, who killed Jesus? The religious leaders of the Jewish people? The Roman soldiers who nailed him there? No, we did. I did. You did. He died of a broken heart because all of our sins and the punishment that we deserve from all of our sins were put on him and he bore it so that the penalty and punishment that we deserved, he took it. He took all of it for you, for me, for everyone. And that's the good news that Christ died for our sins and has paid the full penalty, the full wrath of God that we deserved. He took it all and he died of a broken heart because of his sin of the sin that came on him, our sins. There's separation between he and God at that time, something he had never known in his life, nor ever in eternity past as the Son of God. And he died. He died. But he finished it. He did everything that he needed to do to win back what Adam originally lost. Thank God for Jesus and has shed blood so that we can be free, so that we can be saved as we put our trust in him, which I know many of you are believers and you have done. But so that also as a believer, no form of leprosy can ever survive in the life of a believer who knows the power of the blood weapon. The blood's too strong for any form of leprosy. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. He did it. He did it. Let's bring it home now. Number seven. John chapter 19. John 19. Praise God. John chapter 19, verse 33. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with the spear, and immediately blood and water came out. Mm, praise God. That was number seven. He shed his blood for you and I seven times. So you can be free, so I can be free from every form of physical leprosy, or spiritual leprosy. Praise God forever. Let me say today that there is nothing that the devil can cook up or put together against you that can stand against the power of the blood of Jesus. There's nothing on earth. There's nothing in the most remote areas of the universe. There's nothing that he can ever mix and put together that can stand against the blood weapon of Jesus Christ. It destroys anything, anything that the devil has anywhere 
in his arsenal. And you need to know that. Praise God. Praise God. Every time you turn to the blood, you become too strong to be overcome. You're too strong to be defeated because of the blood of Jesus. Praise God. Glory to God. Pastor Stephen, how can I make use of this mighty weapon in my life as an ordinary believer every day? How can I plug into this? Praise God. We're going to in just a moment. We're going to take Holy Communion. And the blood weapon is going to be released in your life as we take the miracle meal. Praise God. And any form of leprosy is going to be forced, forced to bow out. Let me tell you that the Christian walk, the kingdom walk, is a walk of violence. Oh, not violence of hurting people, not violence of doing something harmful to somebody, but violence in the sense where the blood goes to work against anything that would try to keep you locked down outside of the camp, ostracized, humiliated, embarrassed, and unable to produce the triumphant life that Christ has made available for you. All the demons, all the principalities of powers, they all back off when the blood shows up. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, there was a card game back in the 1500s that was played, and the game was called Triumph. (laughs) And how you would win the game is that you would be the one that's got the, the Triumph card. Well, over the centuries, the game was still played, but the name of the game was shrunk down to a shorter word. And the card that allowed you to win in the 1500s would be the triumph card. That word got shrunk down. Today, it's called the trump card. still means the same thing. It means triumphant. If you have that card, it's going to beat any other card anybody else plays. Or in some cases, you have that hand that beats any other hand of what anybody else puts down. I want to tell you today upon authority of Scripture that if the enemy has done his best to block you, to shut you down, to hinder you, to keep you, even though you're Satan on your way to heaven, but to keep you in this life in a place where something of a form of leprosy just can't, seems like it can't be shaken. I'm telling you that no matter what card he's played, and he's played his best ones, it's time now to pull out the trump card. And that is the blood weapon of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you play the trump card, there is no other card that the devil can pull out. And he knows it. He knows it. The challenge, though, is for believers to walk in this revelatory knowledge so that they understand they literally have the upper hand. They have the final say because the blood speaks. Sometimes 
Christians make statements like, well, we don't need to plead the blood because at Calvary, Jesus said it is finished and everything was done at Calvary. We don't need to go around pleading the blood. What they're failing to understand is that pleading the blood is a legal process of saying the blood of Jesus is the final word here. In other words, this is judicial talk. When you go in the court, the judge asks you, how do you plead? And you, you, you have to answer. You can't say, well, I, you know, I don't really plead anything. You know, okay. So even if you take the fifth, which means you're going to be silent, you still have to tell them how you plead. Well, pastor Stephen, how do I plead? You plead the blood, but I, uh, but I'm guilty, but, but okay. All right. So you re, you've repented. You've got it right with God. Okay. The blood washes it away. Because the, the enemy, the adversary, the accuser of the brethren would still say, ah, yeah, but he did it. But my friends, how do you plead? You plead the blood. Now, this is the amazing thing about the blood of Jesus. Let's say in real life that you committed a real crime and you go to the judge and the judge says, okay, you know, according to the uh, legal standard, your crime uh, deserves a 14 year sentence. Okay. And so you go to jail or prison, you go to prison for 14 years. And then after 14 years, you've paid your time, you're released, you're free. But you know what? You could still have a conscience that says, well, I went to jail, but, uh, I still feel guilt over that because uh, the people that I did this to, they haven't recovered. And I, I paid my dues, but I still did. I still did it. But see, here's the thing about the blood of Jesus. Yes, the act could have been committed. We won't question that. But when the blood is applied, the sin, watch this, the sin is forgiven. And even the conscience of an individual, which is on the inside, the blood is even able to cleanse the conscience and take away guilt and take away shame. It's incredible what the blood of Jesus can do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> That's the power of the blood. Amen. So the blood still speaks. And yes, you can still plead the blood today. Plead the blood over your children. In other words, the devil would say, I'm going to take this one out, or I'm going to put this on your child, or I'm going to do this or that. You say, no, you're not. I plead the blood of Jesus over them, and you can't get through the blood. And the enemy may say, well, I've already got inroads into their life, or I've already got my, my neck around my hand around their neck, but you still plead the blood because the blood is the trump card. So my friends, you want to plead the blood of Jesus over your life, over your marriage, over your children, over your relationships, over those that you pray for, praise the Lord. You want to plead the blood of Jesus over the trip that you're going to take. You want to plead the blood of Jesus over your finances. Glory to God. Amen. Because the blood speaks and the blood is protection. The blood is protection. And it is also the weapon that enforces the removal of leprosy out of your life. Praise God. Amen. Now let's take Holy Communion. Grab some grape juice. Grab some bread, a little wafer, cracker, whatever you've got. Let's pray. Father, we bless the bread, the juice. We set this apart as being holy. 
We thank you that it's consecrated. It's, it's holy. We thank you that this is now the blood and the flesh of Christ. Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we thank you for strength and energy to carry out our assignments. We thank you for boldness, and we thank you for wisdom, the wisdom of the blood. We thank you, Father God. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's body. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. And as we drink it, as we partake of this miracle meal, that as we now receive the blood of Jesus, I thank you, Father, that as your people receive it, that nothing that was in Jesus is permitted to be in us. No form of leprosy was on Jesus. So therefore, through communion, we experience union, O God, with you, and what was not allowed in him is not allowed in our lives or our bodies or our character or our lifestyle either. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God, that as we receive the blood of Jesus right now, every form of leprosy must go. We thank you, Father. We give you praise as we apply the blood weapon of Jesus against every leprous form that it's dissolved, destroyed, and leaves completely now in Jesus' name. Receive the blood of Christ. Glory. Woo, hallelujah. Glory. Glory, glory to God. Amen. <laughs> Oh, there's power in the blood of Jesus, and many of you are experiencing that right now. And some of you are having that revelatory moment where you know it's over. Thank God it's over. You just played the trump card on the devil. Amen. And he knows he's lost. He knows it. It's over with forever. It'll never, it'll never get victory over you ever again. Praise God. For those that are watching that don't know Christ, the Messiah who hung on the cross for you, you can receive eternal life right now through Christ, through putting your trust in him. Pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I turn from my sin. I want you. Jesus, come into my heart now. Save me. Wash me with your precious blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Write my name in your book of life. And from this day forward, step into my life and lead me and guide me in all that I do. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Welcome to the family of God. To those of you that just prayed that prayer for the first time. Glory. Glory to the Lord Jesus. Well, my friends, the Lord Jesus is good. Keep this message in mind. If the devil tries to bother your mind, if the devil tries to trouble you in certain areas, just say the blood of Jesus prevails. And it does. It is a terror to the enemy's camp because they know they have no solution for it. They have no backup plan against it. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Somebody's heart uh, somebody has a heart condition. It's being healed 
right now. Receive your healing in your heart right now. Praise God. Glory. 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 Somebody's in tears right now because you know Christ has delivered you. He has totally set you free from that thing, and you know it's gone. <laughs> you know it's gone. Oh, glory, glory, glory to Jesus. Praise God. There's freedom right now, the freedom of the Holy Spirit. Glory, glory. Many of you are feeling heat, and the, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Many of you are being baptized in the Holy Spirit right now with fire, something you've never had before. See, there's the baptism in the Spirit, and you speak in other tongues. And, you know, the Corinthian church had that. They were very charismatic, more than any other church that Paul ministered to. But they were very carnal. But, my friends, the, when the fire comes, it burns up the carnality. Let me say it like this. It burns up the leprosy. Mm, 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 mm. Praise God. And you, that way you have the gifts, and you have the fire. And I tell you what. You're more than a handful for the enemy. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory. May God be glorified through your life. May the beauty of holiness rest upon you. May holiness unto the Lord be engraved upon your mind, your forehead. Praise God. Amen. May your garments be without spot or blemish. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. And may you be a weapon in the hands of the Lord for his glory to break through, to break through the resistance of the enemy so that others are freed and find the freedom that Christ has made available to them. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to Jesus. Well, there's a very powerful anointing here, a presence of the Lord. And as I conclude and say goodbye, if you're able, why don't you just sit in the Lord's presence for a moment and thank Him for what He has done for you. Amen. Because miracles are happening right now. Praise God. Those of you that have children with special needs, you need to lay your hands on those children and plead the blood of Jesus over them, over their body, their DNA, their chromosomes, their minds, and give glory to Jesus because he is a miracle worker. Praise God. Remember, the blood of Jesus is God's solution to impossible situations. Apply the blood today and watch the miracles that God will do in your very own home. Praise God. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back next time.